0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Dave Sackett. Dave is a former CFO and is now the Chief Solutions Architect at Visibility Corporation, which specializes in an ERP system for engineered order manufacturers. He actively practices servant leadership principles and promotes the topic of servant leadership as a management style for managers, especially CFOs, to consider. He belongs to the networking group Financial Executives International, and he writes articles for Forbes Financial Council. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, today's topic is servant leadership. This is a concept that despite being in the corporate world for 20 plus years, I'd only heard mentioned for the first time about five years ago as part of an MBA class. I'm looking forward to discussing what servant leadership is, what are its benefits, and how can we become better leaders by adopting these practices? So let's get started. Dave, let's start with you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how it is that you got to where you are today?
1: Sure. So my background is finance. Unbeknownst to me, I've been a servant leader my whole life, kind of like you. I didn't know until about five years ago that that was actually a thing and that that's what it was called and that's what I was doing. And since learning about it five years ago, I've studied it even more to really reap the benefits of servant leadership in my own life. So I've, uh, I've been a CFO before practicing servant leadership. It's To me, it's an ideal. It's something that is really helpful for organizations today, but it is difficult and there, it does come with challenges.
0: So as you look back on your career, are there any specific stories or turning points that stand out in your mind?
1: So one example, I was tasked with leading up an ERP conversion at a company called Ulvac. And it was a cross-section of leaders from all the different departments. So my approach wasn't, okay, I'm going to just dictate what everyone's going to get. It was really trying to put the needs of the team ahead of my own. I had my own agenda in terms of what I wanted, but to really understand what the team wanted, what they needed, For me, it was asking questions, it was listening, it was being empathetic to the struggles they had and what they wanted to achieve. So to me, that was kind of a defining moment where I really kind of identified that this is the kind of leader I am. I'm not the dictator. I'm not the one that always has to be right in the room and really opened my mind and style to servant leadership.
0: Yeah, being empathetic and, and listening. I feel like maybe these are two qualities that are in short supply these days. <laughs> That's true. So you mentioned that you first heard about servant leadership about five years ago. How did it make itself known to you?
1: I was uh, at the CFO Leadership Council annual event And a speaker was up and talking about servant leadership and what it means, you know, what it meant to him and, you know, how important he thought it was. And I'm like, wait a second, everything you're saying, that's, that's how I lead. That's, that's kind of how I live my life. And from that moment on, it was just more of an acknowledgement of that's what it's called. So now that I know what it's called, let's go out, not only study it for myself, but help promote it to other leaders in companies and especially CFOs.
0: So what does it mean to you to be a servant leader and how does that differ from traditional leadership?
1: Sure. So for me, it really means uh, having empathy, really building your team up, giving them resources, giving them strength, giving them power that a normal leader would want to hold on to really allow decision-making, allow people to bring forward ideas to make proposals, and to really go with the best one, not because of who is it and who made the idea, but truly on the merits of the idea itself. So I've been in some organizations where leaders kind of rule from the top and what I say goes, and this is kind of in direct contrast of servant leadership, which really it puts the, the leader at the bottom of the pyramid instead of the top. And kind of pushes people up and, you know, raises everyone up to really be better. And that's one of the the 10 tenets of servant leadership that's that's important is really to, you know, allow the, you know, really encourage growth in others in your team.
0: So in your opinion, do you think we're transitioning more to that style or is it pretty much the same as it's always been?
1: No, I think with the pandemic, I think you are seeing more empathetic leaders. I think you are having people listen more. I think it is a change in our society that's kind of going along the servant leadership path. I remember a, a questionnaire went out you know, on servant leadership and only about 30% of CFOs identified as servant leaders. I think if that was out today, the numbers would be slightly higher just based on world events and society today.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you how the pandemic has maybe played into that, but I I have heard people say that they're, that they listen more than they used to and, and are more interested in like, you know, their employees, personal lives and, and what's important to them and some other things that, that seem to play into servant leadership.
1: Yeah. Caring about your staff, caring about other people is central to servant leadership. And I think even prior to the pandemic, a lot of people were on autopilot. This is my job. This is what I do. I come and I go. I think because of it, you know, it's time to really reevaluate what's important in life. And it comes down to relationships. That's what's important. That's why people like their jobs. That's why people go to work and enjoy what they do. And servant leadership certainly capitalized on that by supporting that philosophy and really getting to know people getting to persuade people, not because you're the leader, but because you have a good idea. And it's not just do as I say, it's are you convinced my staff that this proposal is the best? And if not, what's your proposal?
0: So in your opinion, who is an example of of a good servant leader that most of us would know?
1: Yeah, I would say Abraham Lincoln was a servant leader, Gandhi, certainly, those are two individuals that really stand out as servant leaders. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., another one in more modern times.
0: Yeah, obviously those are some amazing individuals that you just listed.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, servant leadership is difficult to, to really put in practice. And, you know, that's what you see, you know, these amazing people did it. And there are amazing people out there today, not as famous that are servant leaders, but it really takes conviction, it takes, you know, you could be up against, you know, people who don't like servant leadership, people who you know, prefer traditional leadership, so it doesn't always fit in like you may want so to really have this, you know, leadership conviction that yes, you are a servant leader is difficult to maintain, even with the best intentions.
0: And I've worked for some large, reputable companies, but like I said, it, it took me an MBA class to hear about this concept. So, why do you think this isn't more mainstream, and why isn't it being taught on maybe a grander scale?
1: Yeah, there's just conflicting leadership styles. You know, some people do like the more I rule from the top. I earned my way here, therefore, I must have all the good knowledge. <laughs> like, there's servant leaderships not really in promoted all the way through grammar school up to you know college and beyond. True. It's you know people think, oh, I'm the leader, I get to make the decisions, I get to make the call. It's very much an old style that's more authoritarian than what servant leadership is is about. So because it's not really in curriculum, people aren't exposed to it or even knowing that that's what it's called. And I it took us you know a while before we knew this was even a thing even though it was created in you know the 1930s essentially and even beyond even earlier
0: i mean that's true a lot of, we're taught as we grow up to to do as we're told um, right. and and you're right that that doesn't necessarily play into servant leadership but yeah i mean there's a lot of benefits to being able to to think for yourself and and have input i feel like employees enjoy having input
1: exactly and ownership of the idea being invested in it being i think that's what you need especially with a lot of the high-tech digital transformation uh, efforts that are going on the software behind the scenes that we all know that works the hardest part is getting your team on board to go forward with that idea and if you do a more servant leadership approach where you know, they get buy-in by themselves. They see the value in this idea. They see how beneficial it is and you give them responsibility to help make it a success. Then that's how you'll get more success in your transformation projects. Without it, if you just say, yes, go do, and I need it done in two weeks, you may get pushback. You may get poor performance out of your team.
0: That's a great point. So how can one become... servant leader is is there maybe a specific type of person who's best suited to be this type of leader or can anybody become one
1: i'm gonna say anybody can become one it's really knowing what it takes to be a servant leader and then putting it to practice you know not everyone is a leader for example and i don't think leaders are born i think people work towards leadership and same with servant leadership it's you know to know how they operate what the principles are how you're supposed to work servant leadership, those are all things you learn. I don't think people are born that way. Uh, If you're born, if you have empathy at a very young age, I think you'll have an easier time at servant leadership, but that's to say anyone who really wants it can get it.
0: And other than listening and empathy, what are skills that we can be practicing to improve ourselves as leaders?
1: Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, Having awareness about yourself and others really being in tune with what are your skills? What are your strengths? What are your own weaknesses as a leader? I mean, to have a team member that's stronger than you in certain areas, that's a good thing in my book. That's your complimenting. My team compliments where I'm weak and I compliment them where I'm strong in some cases. And it's having that awareness and, you know, being humble to say, I don't have all the answers. My job as the leader is asking questions you know, I asked the why's, why is this a good idea? How do you support this? You know, why should we do it? Why does this have value? Why is it important to you? Asking the why question is a servant leadership way to go.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of times people try to surround themselves with people that are in agreement with, with their ideas and philosophies. And you mentioned having people around you who Complement your strengths, and I think that that is a great point.
1: Yeah, and it does maybe come down to ego and the different uh, leadership models. Servant leader, you don't need a big ego. The idea is that you made it to where you are through the help of others and your circumstance and your hard work. And now that you're there, give someone else a chance to shine. Give them opportunities to be great, to be good leaders, to have ideas, and really, you know, put it on your team to really function like a traditional leader, where if a traditional leader is deciding everything that goes, no, make your team decide what direction you're going in. Have your team decide what projects have value and where they are in importance. Those are some kind of key differences.
0: And what are the benefits of servant leadership?
1: I think just living a good life. I mean, I love being a servant leader in terms of helping people, in terms of you know allowing people to really rise up and really grow in what they do, how they act, being confident, you know, raising someone's confidence and how they do their job is just a a reward in its own. And it's, it's the fun things like that, that kind of keep me motivated to keep doing it. And it's, I get a good feeling by being a servant leader. I don't, uh, you know, I take pride in helping other people. So if you can do that, I think servant leadership is for you.
0: Yeah. In, in reading about servant leadership, it seems to me that people that practice that are like, are the people that employees and, and people in general love to follow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because they have, you know, in some cases you're giving more, you're given more responsibility than you would otherwise. You're having a say in things you're having, you know, you're able to determine your own destiny much better working for a servant leader than someone who's a micromanager telling you exactly what your next move is going to be.
0: So in your mind, in the corporate world, are there situations or maybe types of companies that traditional leadership might be better suited for than servant leadership? Or is servant leadership always the better approach?
1: Yeah, it's funny. You might expect me to say it's always the best, but it's not. Uh, It really depends on the organization and what people are willing to accept. I've had employees who don't like my style of servant leadership. They'd much rather just be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And it kind of puts stress on them when I put it back on them to really have them think, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this challenge? What's your solution to a problem? So it really depends on the organization. One story I had is the military. you think the military would not embrace servant leadership. It's from the generals all the way down. It's top-down leadership. You do what I say because I say it but I've actually met a a general who practices, who practice servant leadership. She gave a a seminar on it and it was amazing because to me, just my own bias, I would think military is not a place for servant leadership.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's surprising. Yeah. So are there downsides to servant leadership?
1: Yeah, absolutely. People see servant, and I'm not saying it's true, but they see them as weak. They see them as not being much of a leader not having the authority, not driving the organization because it's them, you're relying on other people. It's you have a lot of biases, a lot of people who reject servant leadership because of this. And also to keep servant leadership up, I mean, it's something you have to dedicate yourself to. You can't kind of do it sometimes and kind of not. And sometimes you've got, you know, in real world when you've got emergencies and you need the right answer very fast, Servant leadership, maybe you have to put aside and really just focus on, this is what you have to do now, go do. And that really goes against servant leadership, but there's examples where that's an exception. So it's to balance it, to really practice it, to really take it all in and adopt servant leadership is a big commitment. At least it is to me in terms of how you have to be and how you have to act and to really put others first. I think many people have trouble with that. And if you can really, in your heart of hearts, do that and really focus on the other people on your team and making sure they're far more successful than they would be otherwise is
0: key. So it sounds like you're a wonderful leader, but as a servant leader, how do you mentor those beneath you to, to become more servant in their leadership?
1: Yeah, I, I use lead by example. I mean, I just, you know, as I show people, you know, my way isn't always the best way. You know, what's your idea? How do we move this forward from your point of view, from your perspective? Trying to understand what motivates people and kind of helping them that way. It's really introducing people to servant leadership from the get go, from day one. And that's all they know is kind of a way that I've tried to promote it. But even with that, I've had people on my staff who I've treated as a servant leader that just go back to the traditional model when they reach a leadership position. So it's, it really depends on the individual. And like I said before, it's difficult. It's not something that's for everyone.
0: So we're living obviously in a very tumultuous time right now. So as a leader, what what's keeping you up at night these days?
1: Yeah, no, in these times, the uncertainty, you kind of have to roll with it. You need to be, you know, expect the unexpected. It's, you know, outside threats, maybe cybersecurity threats as a leader, leader. that's something that kind of keeps me up at night. Do I want my customers' data exposed to everyone? Do I want to lose trade secrets? I think the way technology is moving very quickly, the rules aren't catching up as fast and our defenses aren't catching up as fast. So from my point of view, my personal thing is maybe cybersecurity should be a bigger issue to have people sleep better.
0: Yeah, I mean technology these days is crazy. That kind of leads me to another question, how is technology playing into servant leadership? I mean, obviously soft skills are are more important than ever right now.
1: Yeah, but even my example of project management. I mean, if you approach it from a servant leader point of view, those projects work. I mean, those you know, those projects get off the ground, you've got people motivated to, you know, put their name on the line to make something happen. So I think with kind of digital transformation with all this technology, the servant leadership approach may be better than traditional.
0: Dave, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. It was great to be here.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your experiences and the resulting insights. You've given me a lot to think about, and I hope to be able to implement some of these ideas to become a better leader myself. Appreciate your time today, and I wish you all the best in the future.
1: Yeah, thank you. Same to you.
0: To all of our listeners, please tune in next week, and until then, take care.